What's your limit? How far are you willing to go as a disciple of Jesus Christ? What's your limit? The prophet Jeremiah had no limit. He was going to go all the way. He was going to be all in for God. Whatever God told him to say, that's what he said. Whatever God told him to do, that's what he did. He didn't care what other people thought about him. He didn't care who liked him. He didn't care if the people got mad. He didn't care if the king got mad. He didn't care about anything. But giving everything to God. What's your limit? Jeremiah had no limit. And it got him ridiculed. Jeremiah had no limit. And it got him tossed into a well. Threw him into a well where you get water out of. There wasn't any water in it. It was mud. And he sunk, I don't know how deep, his ankles, his knees, his waist, into the mud. Couldn't sit down. Didn't have any food. Didn't have any water. Nothing. And he would have died there if Ebed Melech hadn't went to the king and said, Hey, Jeremiah's going to die. Jeremiah had no limit. It got him ridiculed. It got him thrown into a well. It may well have got him killed. And it got him to heaven. What's your limit? There once was a man who uh, wanted to be holy. He decided that he wanted to be holy. So, uh, he said, well, how, how do I be holy? Um, I should go find the holiest person that I can and ask that person what to do. So that's what he did. He got up and he went find a monk, a hermit. Those are the people who really got it. Like those people, they go in their cloister and they just pray and they pray and they pray. And there's these nuns and there's these monks. And so he went and he found this hermit. And the hermit, uh, when he walked up, was sitting down in a cave and he said, Father... Help me to be holy. I want to be holy. The monk got up, didn't say anything, just motion. Amen. Took off and kept walking, and and he walked and he walked and he walked, and the man followed the monk, and and he walked and he walked and he walked, and eventually they got to a river. The monk went down into the river, stood in the river until it was about to his chest or so, and. Look back at the man. Man didn't know what was going on, but but the monkey he, he he just motioned. Come on, come on. And said, "Okay, I don't get this, but I want to be holy. This man's holy. Let me try." The man walks down into the river. He wades into about his chest too. The monk grabs him and dumps him into the water, and he holds him there. The man's getting scared. He starts to struggle and. I wonder, am I, am I, is he trying to kill me? How is this old man so strong? What's going on? And as he's wondering, as he's, as he's struggling around, the monk lifts him up. And he throws him back down again. And the man, he, he starts to think, I, I need air. I need air. I need to breathe. I need to breathe. And he's struggling, he's struggling. He's like, why is this monk so strong? What's, what's going on here? Is he trying to kill me? I need to breathe. I just want to breathe. 
monk pulls him out of the water again and one more time. This time, the man, he's so deprived of air. He doesn't think about struggling. He doesn't think about fighting. He doesn't think about why. All he thinks of is, I want to breathe. I need to breathe. The monk pulls him out of the water. <gasps> Let's him go. And walks away. The man hollers at the monk. What are you doing? Are you trying to kill me? The monk just keeps walking. They're in the middle of nowhere. The man still hasn't gotten his answer to his question. He just got almost drowned. This is well, got nothing to lose, and he follows the monk. And they walk 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 some more, and they get back to the monk's cave. The monk is sitting down. The man comes in, and he hollers at the monk again. So what are you doing? I just want to be holy. I just ask you a simple question. And the monk said to the man, When you desire God more than you desired to breathe, then you understand what holiness is. When you want God more than you wanted to breathe, then you understand what holiness is. The prophet Jeremiah could be all in. The prophet Jeremiah could have no limit in his devotion for God, in his discipleship. Because he knew that all of his life comes from God. Because he knew that that relationship with God is more important than the air that he breathes. Because he knew that if he didn't have air, he would just die. But if he didn't have God, he would die forever. He knew in some mysterious way, even in the Old Testament, in shadow and figure, that God would be faithful to him. Are you willing to have no limit? I'll tell you a couple more, a couple more stories. Because maybe some of you, maybe some of you say, well, look, the prophet Jeremiah, like, he was special. And that's true. He was. And I'm just a regular guy. I'm just a regular gal. I don't know. There's nothing special about me. I can't do that. I can't. I have to have a limit. Because I'm just a regular person. Well, let me tell you, there was this woman. She was from Albania. She was just, uh, do you know where that is? I don't either. It's like in Eastern Europe somewhere. And, but she was from this place called Albania that nobody knows where it is. And she uh, she was just a normal girl, and she heard a call to be a nun. So she followed the call to be a nun, and uh, she left her family, which was really hard for her. Her dad had died when she was younger, and she left her mom because God like, called her to be a nun. That was hard for her, and that was hard for her mom. But she was just a regular girl who like heard the call of God, and, and that's what she did. And she went, um, and... She, uh, she became a nun, and the nuns, they sent her to India. And in India, she became a school teacher as a nun. And in India, uh, as she was a nun and a school teacher, she became the principal of the school. And as she was just serving in the school and praying and trying to do the will of God, just a regular, uh, a regular lady now, uh, the principal of the school, she, uh, 
she started realizing that her school was uh, like serving a lot of wealthy people and not a lot of poor people. And she realized that there are a lot of poor people in, in India, uh, where, around where she was. Um, uh, there's a lot of poor people in, in a place called Calcutta. And uh, one day she heard a call from God to serve the poor. She talked to her spiritual director and she talked to the bishop. Just a normal, normal girl who became a nun who, who heard a call from God and, and, and she started to serve the poor one at a time. The order that she founded to serve the poor is called the Missionaries of Charity. And this normal, normal girl's name is, is, uh, Mother Teresa. Nothing special about her. She just had no limit when it comes to God's call in her life. Maybe you're not just like a normal person. Maybe you have lots of gifts. Maybe people listen when you speak. Maybe you're a good speaker. Maybe you're charismatic. Maybe you're a leader and somebody who people are willing to follow. There's a young man. His name was Miguel Fro, and he lived about a hundred years ago in Mexico. Miguel Fro, he was a charismatic man. He was funny. He was skilled. He was a, he was a good speaker, and uh, he heard a call from God to become a priest. So he did. And as he became a priest, about a hundred years ago in Mexico, the government made it illegal to practice the Catholic faith. The the communist, Masonic, secular government in Mexico a hundred years ago made it illegal to practice the faith, and if you were a priest, they would kill you. If you were living the Catholic faith, they might kill you. A hundred years ago, in Mexico. So Miguel Pro, he could have said, no, I'm going to become an atheist, or at least I'm going to say that I am, to save my own skin. He could have said, I'm going to act as if I'm not even a priest, and I'm going to, I'm going to just avoid the government and not serve as a priest and go against my vows, and that's it. He could have put a limit on himself and on his discipleship, but he didn't. He went around town and he celebrated Mass in people's homes, because that's the only place you can celebrate Mass without getting killed. He went around and he heard confessions in people's houses so that people's sins could be forgiven. Eventually, Miguel Pro was caught. And as he stood in front of the firing squad, he put his arms out in the form of a cross. There, there are pictures of this. You can Google it. And as the bullets passed through his body, he cried out, Viva Cristo Rey! Long live Christ the King. He died a martyr and went straight to heaven. Mother Teresa was just an average person who was, had no limit on her love for Jesus, no limit on her discipleship. Miguel Poe was not an average person. He was charismatic and he was influential and he had no limit on love for Jesus. But Father, you might say, what if I'm an outcast? What if I'm somebody who people don't listen to what I say? 
What if, what if I'm somebody who is hard uh, for me like to, to live in the world and I feel just kind of off on the side? Like, can I? What happens if I give everything for Jesus? What happens if I don't have any limits? Well, I'll tell you a story. If you're a person who's thinking these kind of things, I, I can be pretty sure that this person is worse off. Her name was uh, M- Margaret of Costello. Blessed Margaret of Costello was born to noble parents. Uh, they wanted a son, but they didn't have a son. They had a daughter. And they probably would have been okay with having a daughter if she was like, you know, like pretty and graceful and uh, well-spoken like a princess. Um, but they didn't. Saint Mar- uh, Blessed Margaret, she was actually pretty much blind. She was hunchback. And she was very ugly. So her parents, being wicked and cruel people, uh, hit her like they locked her up in a room under the stairs in the house. And they didn't even acknowledge her as her as daughter. She's one of the servants. She's a little servant girl. But Margaret, somehow, like she just, like she just fell in love with Jesus and Margaret, somehow, she became friends with the servants and Margaret, somehow, the servants, they got a priest to come and to see her and to give her the sacraments or somebody got, the, got her the sacraments and the priest came to see her and Margaret... She started to become a joy to all the people whom she met. Didn't matter that she was an outcast. Didn't matter that she was nearly blind or hunchbacked or ugly. Who cared? But she became a joy because she loved the people whom she met. They asked her, somebody asked her, Margaret, like you don't have anything going for you. Why are you happy? She said, because my room is next to where the Blessed Sacrament is. So her room, her, like basically her cell. And she was basically a prisoner in her house of her parents, which is horrible and, crick- and wicked and cruel. But she said, I can be happy because my, where I live is, is next to Jesus. She was like right next to the church or the chapel in the house or something where the Blessed Sacrament was. Eventually, things got worse for her and um, her parents. They heard about a place where miracles were happening. And so they took Margaret and they brought her to this place where miracles were happening. And they went to church and they prayed. And actually, Margaret stayed in there and she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And she prayed all night. And uh, when, the, when the morning came, she had no physical healing. And, and I don't know that anybody was around. So one of the city guards came to talk to her. And this stranger had to tell her that her parents abandoned her. They left. They don't want her anymore. Margaret went around with the poor in the city for a little while, just loving them as best as she could, and um, and ended up, uh, was taken in by a group of nuns. And, and Margaret, uh, as she lived her life of virtue and her life of joy and her life with Jesus, uh, in this, with this group of nuns, they actually, um, the nuns had limits on their discipleship. The, law, the nuns had limits on their love for Jesus. And Margaret didn't. They were convicted by her holiness. So they kicked her out of the convent and they spread mean, nasty rumors about her so that her reputation would be tarnished. Margaret eventually met the Dominicans. She became a lay Dominican and lived the rest of her life joyfully serving the poor and the needy. When Margaret died, Margaret, who was an outcast, 
parents didn't want her, who had lived this horrendously difficult life. Thousands of people came to her funeral. Because despite being dealt a difficult hand, she did not let anything stand in the way of being sold out for Jesus. She did not let anything put limits on her discipleship. Because Jesus did not let anything put limits on His love for us. God Himself took on a human body, came down from heaven, was born of the Virgin Mary, lived a human life. He suffered. He was, uh, he was accused. He was spit upon. He was beaten. He was whipped. He was crowned with thorns. He carried His cross. And He died for you. And then on the third day, He rose from the dead for you. There is no limit to God's love for you. And He is calling you and me today to take away any limit to our love for Him. Not limits of other people's expectations of you. Not limits of family size. Not limits of if of it's hard. Not limits of what are people going to think about me or what are people going to say about me. No limits. Not limits of possession or pleasure or power. Because you'll be happy if you take away all the limits. The Bible says, cast your cares upon the Lord because He cares for you. And y'all, I wish, I wish I could stand up before you this morning and say that I never had limits on my love for Jesus. I wish I could stand up before you this morning and say that I'm like Miguel Pro or Mother Teresa or Blessed Margaret. But I'm not. Sometimes I let my desire for success limit my love for Jesus. Sometimes I let my desire for productivity Limit my love for Jesus. Sometimes, because my love for Jesus is limited by success and productivity, I let my desire for rest limit my love for Jesus. And I repent of that. And this afternoon, when I go to confession, I'm going to repent of that and God is going to forgive this sin. Today, I stand up here before you begging Jesus to take away my limits in love for Him. I stand before you today begging Jesus to take away the limits that I on my discipleship. And I invite you to join me in that prayer. I invite you today, if you're willing to live a different life, if you're willing to let the limit to your discipleship and the limit to your joy go away, I invite you to stand up and to beg Jesus for that with me right now. You don't have to do this. No pressure. But if you want to live a different kind of life, if you want to live a life of limitless discipleship and of limitless joy, 
I invite you to stand up and to repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, take away all limits to my love for you. Jesus, make me a disciple. Send me your Holy Spirit. Guide me in this life. I give you permission. Please, Lord Jesus, lead me to heaven. Lead me to joy. Amen.